stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Good morning. We've been studying the book of Daniel. And I want you to know that uh, I never thought in the book of Daniel. It's the first time. But I'm receiving from you comments and, and, uh, and texts that, uh, that explain to you and talk to you how wonderful this is because it reveals a sight, a face of God that care for His people. From a bird's eye view, you see God activating angels to help Daniel. You see the Lord moving toward nations to war uh, against evil spirits over those nations. And so it's very comforting to me I, 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 that the Lord is watching over His people and caring over His people. And so you, you've got to get that in your mind, that that Daniel here is a, is a prophet and God is revealing the future through him. But also there are lessons about this that God is watching over us. You know, it's comforting to know that he's watching over me. Uh, <clears throat> people say, Rick, you're getting a little old. Well, you see, if God watches over me, I'm going to live like my mother lived to 94 years old. And uh, I do have the strength and the energy to, uh, to get the job done. And so uh, I know he's giving that to me. That's comforting. The same thing with Daniel because all of, this, all of these things the, that Gabriel uh, uh, revealed to Daniel caused him to lose physical strength. And, and that's another lesson we learned is that the, that, that the expression of God toward us, the anointing of God through us causes us to uh, receive, but also it shocks us. You know, remember the, the story about people falling in the Spirit? You know, you, you heard about it uh, as a Pentecostal thing where, where people just fall down and can't get up. Well, I was studying Daniel. Uh, that becomes pretty normal because... Uh, uh, throughout chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11, then he's on the floor most of the time. <laughs> you know, he's just, he's just, my goodness gracious, oh my God, there goes again. Okay? And so, on chapter, let's begin with chapter 10, and uh, verse 15, that, that tells you, it says, And when he had spoken such words unto me, I set my face toward the ground, and I became dumb. Meaning, is this too much to comprehend? Now, on verse 20, on chapter 10, God introduces the prince of Persia. And this is very important in order to understand Daniel from a spiritual perspective, or try to understand from a spiritual perspective. On verse 20, he said, and this is, uh, this is Gabriel speaking. Know you are wherefore I come unto you. Then he said, He, know you where I've, I come unto you. I want you to know where I've been. And now I will return to fight the prince of Persia. And when I'm gone, forth, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come. So, He's fighting a evil spirit and that is uh, delaying uh, 
Gabriel to come to be and to speak to Daniel. And of course, God sends Michael to settle that down and allow him to come. Now the prince of Persia, here is not an earthly prince, the prince of Grecia is not an earthly uh, prince, but a fallen angel. This introduces one aspect of these teachings that is very interesting, that, uh, that there is things happening in the realm of spiritual realm beyond the physical realm. And I talked about you yesterday that if you live in the physical realm constantly, every single day, you will, you will have a, a lot of difficulties with your mind because your mind will begin to rattle and begin to deal with the same thing over and over again and you won't have any peace. <clears throat> but as you, as you begin to deal with the spiritual realm, how many times this month I have said something in spiritual sense to reprimand and to get out of my house and to stop bothering me. How many times? And I got to release. And so, and then uh, verse 21 it says, I will show you that which is noted in the scripture of truth. And there is none who holds me in these things but Michael, your prince. <coughs> but Michael, uh, your prince. The scripture, the truth, it refers to the dream originally given to Nebuchadnezzar, the first dream of the statue, remember? It shows the four empires. Remember? Babylon, Medo-Persian, Greece, and Roman. And so, there is none who holds with me in these things, but Michael, your prince, denotes the truth that as these fallen princes, angels reign supreme over certain empires, but Michael serves God in delivering Gabriel and standing over the country of Israel, standing over the righteous. An archangel is all, all that he does is stand over the righteous. Remember when uh, Israel came up to Jericho, and Joshua is standing over the mountains asking God, how am I going to go up over the, 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 the walls of Jericho? The Hittites are strong and we're just haven't battled much. We've been in captivity for 400 years. And God delivered through an angel with a, with a drawn sword. That was Michael. He's an archangel. And, and, and the instruction was given on how to win over the, the strongholds of Jericho. So, so archangels are always constantly in response to you. Most of it to nations. So when we pray to God that He will bless America, you, you send His archangel over America, over your business, over your family, you are then heading to spiritual authority that you don't exercise constantly. In other words, my Heavenly Father, I ask you to be in the hospital. I ask you, Lord, to send your angels over that baby. I ask you, God, that you will move in power over my business and that I'll be able to pay the bills. God, supply the need. All of that is spiritual beyond the natural. When you deal with the natural too long, you get tired, worn out. When you deal with the spiritual and you speak to it, there's a release. Amen? Okay.
Now, chapter 11 is, is all the visions coming together. And it's Daniel's vision. Daniel has this vision. And he, he, the vision is from the Persian Empire all the way to Alexander the Great's death. Because Alexander the Great's death creates a series of events that are spiritual in nature. And so, let's begin just to deal with this. And uh, I'll try to do it uh, as fast as I can. Also, in the first year of Darius the Mede, even I stood to confirm and to strengthen him. Uh, Michael the archangel is uh, helping Gabriel in regard to these conflicts. And we see this force being used to remove satanic forces over certain areas. And particularly nations that are against Israel, nations that uh, accuse Israel. And so, all of this is happening in the spiritual world. And so, and I will show you the truth because, behold, there shall stand up three kings in Persia. And fourth, and the fourth shall be rich. And of course, these three kings, history points to Cyrus, Cambyses, and Darius, the first. The fourth is Xerxes which becomes, in, in, in the king of the Persians, a very wealthy king. So, he points to four individual kings, and of course, Xerxes is the one who Gabriel said will stir up against the realm of Grecia. Meaning, the fourth king is going to be the focal point of the visions. And so, and a mighty king shall stand. Now, what is he sees? He sees a mighty king full of riches. It's a vision. He's seen things. It doesn't say here, but you have to translate this into the physical in order to get an idea. With great dominion he shall rule uh, and do according to his will. And, and, and of course, in the Persian... Alexander the Great is the one. You see, Alexander the Great comes after the Medes and the Persians. He was uh, <coughs> conquered the whole area in 13 years, which it took the Medes and the Persians to conquer the Babylonian Empire about 45 years. And so, when you look at Alexander the Great, you see him as a swift, fast, very le the leopard, the one that conquers so fast. And of course, at the age of 32, he dies. In his kingdom, the whole thing that you see in, in, in that part of the world is divided into four kings, four generals, which served Alexander the Great. It's not really complicated. Our Alexander the Great, you know, his children were killed instantly after his death. These four generals didn't want to have any, anyone to take the, the right of the land and the wealth that these four kingdoms represented. And so, they killed the two boys, and of course, uh, they began the battle. Now, the battle then now is, look at this, let me read this to you. 
And when he shall stand up, his kingdom shall be broken. Alexander the Great. And shall be divided toward four winds of heaven. Not to his posterity, not nor according to his dominion which he, which he ruled. For his kingdom shall be plucked up even to others beside those. So, you're talking about four divisions, four generals, four empires that now become the focal point of the vision of Daniel. Now, let's stop a little bit and get you to refresh yourself a little bit. What is that this says to us? What is it that Daniel is seeing here that has to do with these four generals? And not to his posterity, nor according to his dominion which he ruled, speaks of his son who would be gotten the throne, but did not. So what is it? Well, two of those generals, their names are Ptolemus and Seleucius. These two generals are very important to the vision of Daniel. And the king of the south shall be strong in, in one of his princes, and he shall be strong above him and have dominion. His dominion shall be great. And so, the north and the south is divided between two kings. And their names are Ptolemy and Seleucus. Now, is this important to what's going to happen? Very much so. Because out of these two kings, you have to, 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 to look to where they were. Which area of the, of the territory that Alexander the Great conquered, these two were in a certain areas. What are the areas? Well, in a moment you'll see this. Ptolemus was in Egypt. Seleucus is the north of, uh, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of Palestine. And so you have Palestine, the, 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 the land of God, the holy land of God, holy city, Jerusalem, all of that. These two nations are one on the south and one in the north. And they fight against each other constantly. If you look at chapter chapter 11, verse 21, And in his state shall, shall stand up a vile person, to whom they shall not give the honor of the king. But he shall come in peace, peaceable, and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. When you see somebody working flatteries, is the work of the devil. Flattery simply means uh, you, 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 you don't speak the truth. You in, enhance the persons. I remember a man came to, to talk to our people during Christmas dinner. And we're looking forward to hear his testimony about Jesus. But he spent 30 minutes flattering me. And I knew that he wasn't of the Lord. Which proven to be so today. He is a young man that runs a ministry that lost the power of the Holy Spirit completely because he sold out to the devil. Look, the same thing with uh, uh, this person. Out of the two, Ptolemus and Seleucus, stands a man called Antiochus IV, called Epiphanes and the Illustrious. And one of the things that Antiochus did out of these two nations was that he was filled with flattery. 
he, he won favor from others with flattery. Now, what it says to us? It simply says that you should you say yes, yes, or no, no. That you shouldn't be uh, flattering someone in order to get favor. Every time I see a politician trying to get favor by promising a bunch of things, it's not of the Lord. And when you see someone flattering, trying to get your attention by telling you how great you are, how anointed you are, how beautiful you are, how, how, how blessed your ministry is, you run away from them real quick. And he says, And with the arms of a flood shall they be overflown, overflown from before him, and shall be broken, yes, also the prince of the covenant. They refers to their opponents. Opponents, people against them. They were overthrown by their attempts to take the throne. And the princes of the covenant concerns the high priest of Israel. Now, the high priest of Israel here begins then the attack. Because you see, let's say you are a politician like Antiochus. Coming out of the two nations, the north and the south. He, the north and the south is still fighting. Antiochus is the third head, ugly head, who begins to be nice to Seleucus and Antiochus. Uh, Seleucus uh, and, and, uh, and uh, uh, what is the name? Ptolemus in Egypt. He begins to flattery both kings. Remember now, the middle is Palestine, Ptolemus in the south, Seleucus in the north, Antiochus comes in to flattery. Oh, you're a great king. Oh, fantastic. Listen to me. I've never seen armies like yours. Oh, your gold is something special. You, you, you have the best housing in the best palaces I've ever heard. And he just began to do that all over those two kings and began to be expected to be appreciated. And so, uh, what he does, he begins to deal in talking to the two kings of changing the high priest of the sanctuary in Jerusalem, which is already built. Now look how deceitful is. You come in with flatteries and you desire now to change the high priest of the sanctuary in Jerusalem by something else. And so, install Jason in his place. Judah was a small part of his kingdom. And after the league made with him, he shall work deceitfully, and he shall come up, and he shall be strong among the small people. Refers the fact that the league that was broken with Jason, when he put wicked Manasseh in the office of high priest, and Manasseh offered him more money than anybody else, meaning he attacked Israel by bringing a deceitful high priest in the in the in the temple. I don't you think that that's a that, that's an interesting thing when churches. In spiritual, which are supposed to be spiritual entities, and churches begin to politically move in in order to demote one and approve the other. It's not of God. So Antiochus here is 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 evil because he begins to hurt the temple of God. He came to a point now to stop to do all he could to the high priest to stop the sacrifices to be offering for sins. Remember? Uh, and, and he did conquer that. He stopped all of that. So, this man 
is a very deceitful man that uh, bring war between these two nations, the north and the south. He is the instigating point who defeats. So, what am I saying to you? I'm saying to you that as if you look toward, toward the spiritual things in the heavenly realms, you're able to see what you need to do about your business, about your family, about your children. And instead of being in the physical constantly. And so, what, what God is saying to Daniel, from, from chapter 11, verse 21, all the way to verse 34, is that flattery is a work of the devil. That's pretty much it. Look, look at verse 34. Now, when they shall fall, they shall be hoping with little help, but many shall cleave to them with flatteries. When they shall fail, refers to many Jews falling by the sword in many conflicts that took place because the politics of the day turned the north against the south. The politics of the day turned the Democrats against the Republicans. The Republicans against the Democrats. The politics of the day is the work of the devil when divides instead of bringing it together. I don't want to be political here, but uh, flatteries... (laughs) is what is the sign of someone who comes to divide instead of coming and bring it together. But many shall cleave to them with flatteries, referring to an inducement to apostatize regarding the Jews who faithfully followed the Lord. Satan has two weapons against faithfulness to the truth. Two weapons. Violence and flattery. Violence and flattery. And so... The personality of Antiochus is what I'm asking you to give attention to because it is applicable for today. When you look at society today, you need to find truth where truth is. You need to find lies where lies are. You need to find clean desire to build the nation instead of break the nation. And, uh, and uh, you, you need to, you need to uh, observe who is dividing and who is bringing and bringing peace together? Amen. Uh, let me stop a minute to have a prayer with you. I hope that we got to a point where you can see the two nations. Remember, everything has to do with this, who's in the middle. Who's in the middle? Israel, Palestine. That's the, 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 the land of God. That's the land of milk and honey. The whole thing here between these two empires, because now these two empires are going to have a war against each other. Okay, Egypt will fight Syria. Egypt will fight Syria. Who got the battle started? Who got, who started the war? Antiochus. And I want you to find Antiochus anywhere. And tomorrow we deal with him, which is verse 35, chapter 11, all the way to the end of chapter 11, which is really loaded with material. But I just want to give you an idea of chapter 11 of of Daniel. I hope you got an idea. I didn't go into detail much, but I simply just uh, a bird's eye view of how the situation is. 
I want you to see Antiochus comes in, coming in between Ptolemy and Seleucus and causing the war. I want you to see how he did it by violence and flattery. I want you to see that as you are a businessman today, trying to get the work done, you need to know who Antiochus is. Because every church of God, every community of Christians, there's an evil spirit who's trying to defeat it and to break it apart. Find who it is and kick him out. You need to know that over every country in the world, there is an evil spirit trying to disturb and to bother and to kill and to destroy and to have flatteries and to be outside of the will of God. You need to know the spiritual politics of the heavenly realms and get your, get your eyes out of the election as much. Minister and pray, seeking that which is higher. Now, can you do that to your family? Yes, you can. And I want to teach you. I want to pray with you right now toward your family. In other words, I'm going to go to the heavenly places and I'm going to pray for the family in the name of Jesus. Here we go. Heavenly Father, mighty God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you interfere in the heavenly realms with what that child means and represents to the kingdom of God. I ask you, Lord, by your Spirit to come in in the hands of the doctors, in the hands of the nurses, and do that which is of your perfect will without any regards, Lord Jesus, to what the doctors think. Interfere, Lord, with that situation in the heavenly realms. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that this business that is in the hand of my brother be blessed and he will be able to say to Antarchus, you have no right to interfere with this business. Get yourself out of here in the name of Jesus. I ask you, Lord, that you give insight, wisdom, knowledge that my brother who has this business will see clearly. I pray, God, to that organization that holds someone captive. I ask you, God, that you come and send your angel Gabriel, just like you sent Gabriel to Daniel to help him to figure the whole thing out. Send Gabriel, Lord, to, to, to break the bondage, break the mold, break the, the, the locking, break the knot, and unsolve that knot so the kingdom of God be blessing in the life of my brother. God, I praise you today, Lord Jesus. I praise you that in spite of all that I have been over in the last few months of my life, that you continue to strengthen me, that you continue to forgive my sins, that you continue to move this ministry to where it needs to be. Oh God, I ask you to send the workers, Lord, so we can fulfill our call, God. Oh God, we, we thank you for the opening door into Peru as we go now to minister the gospel there, God. We ask you, Lord, that you open the door into Brazil as the invitations are pouring in. I ask you, Lord Jesus, that the revival in Brazil will, will swallow the revival in America and millions of people come to Christ in this very defined moment in the history of America. I ask you, Lord Jesus, that you strengthen those in our ministry, those in China right now, those in England, those in Asia, those in Syria, those in Egypt, those that are in the 110 countries to where this small ministry moves by the power of your Spirit moving toward them, God. 
I pray, Lord Jesus, for physical strength for your servant, Lord. Lord, I'm your, I'm your servant. I'm your Daniel, Ricardo Bonfim, standing before you this afternoon, this morning, Lord. I pray that you give me strength to keep on going, Lord Jesus, for many years to come. And I bind the voice of Satan and the accusation of the devil that is not so. In Jesus' name, amen. Brilha a luz que anunda o meu viver.